This is a Now Magazine podcast. Hello out there, Toronto, and welcome to Now What? I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and I'm also your host for this podcast, which deals with life in the age of coronavirus. Today I'm talking to director Jeremy Lalonde and actor-producer Jonas Chernick, who made a really fun time travel comedy called James vs. His Future Self. It stars Jonas and Daniel Stern as the same character. The older one has sent himself back to 2019 to convince the younger one to abandon his research into time travel. And yes, there's a whole bunch of paradoxes in there. It premiered at the Toronto After Dark Festival last October, where it won four awards, including Best Canadian Feature and Best Sci-Fi Film, and it was supposed to open in theaters across Canada today, but obviously that's not happening. Instead, as is the case with a number of new releases, James vs. His Future Self is going directly to digital. It's available to purchase on iTunes and on demand to Bell and Shaw subscribers for less than the price of a movie ticket. And you know what? Maybe that's not the worst thing. Here, they'll explain it to you. I'm Jeremy Lalonde. I am the director and co-writer of James vs. His Future Self. I'm Jonas Chernick. I am the lead actor, the co-writer, and the producer of James vs. His Future Self. And as I understand it, as of three weeks ago, you guys were going to release a movie theatrically. Yeah, not, right, right. Not, not only were we going to release it theatrically, Jeremy and I are, are, are very used to having the what I would call the standard Canadian indie film theatrical release, which, yeah, if you're lucky, it's a, a couple of weeks on a couple of screens and no real promotion or marketing because that's the situation we're in in Canada and our, our friends at the distribution companies just don't really have the resources to take care of Canadian movies in any meaningful way. And this was the first time for both of us, we both made five films, and this was the first time we were going to get a real heavy push. We were going to open in eight cities on 10 screens from Halifax to Vancouver. We had a real marketing push. We had a lot of press and media that were really interested in covering the film because of the festival run we've had and some awards we've won. And and um, I, for one, was extremely excited about that. Um, and Jeremy was always a little more, uh, I don't know, Jeremy's like the young guy and I'm like the old man. And, and Jeremy understands the way of the world in a way that I don't. And so it took me a little while to come around to the idea that right now, especially, not just right now, in given what's happening in the world, but the digital distribution and the VOD market, it's so different than it was five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, that we are now releasing the film right onto VOD and digital. And it's way more people are going to have access to this movie. And so I'm coming around on it. Yeah, I mean, the difficult that we've had as Canadian filmmakers in the past is that if you make that decision to not to forego theatrical, what it means, and Norm, you can speak to this, is that, uh, you know, people like yourself and other reviewers of your ilk are not able to usually review it because your outlets don't want to really to do re- full reviews for things that are just coming out on BOD. Yeah, well, it's changing lately. It was even changing before all of this started. There, There's definitely a sense that the um, the markets have changed enough that people are interested in films that they could watch on demand that aren't in theaters, where previously it used to be that if a film didn't play theatrically, probably partially because there was always advertising money involved in theaters and no one releasing movies on VOD is bothering to put up, by the way, our movie is on iTunes now. Um, That drove a lot of editorial interest, I'm sure. And then in the last 
year or so, I guess, ever since Netflix exclusives became a thing, ever since Netflix started aggressively promoting their original productions like Roma and The Irishman and Marriage Story, then it changed and people started to be aware that you could see a movie that was, you know, quote, just as good, unquote, as something you could see in a theater. And also a lot of movies you can see in theaters are not that great. So So there's been this sea change in people understanding that just because it didn't play at the Megaplex down the block, that doesn't mean it's any less valid. And then all of a sudden, right, everything else ended. Yeah. So especially for us this time around, like the world really has changed in the last two years since I've released the film in that we have access to, uh, you know, media in a way that we wouldn't have if we for, had not done our theatrical release. For me, my, my challenge with doing the theatrical release in the past has always been because we've had the smaller releases in just like maybe three or four cities, if we're lucky, is that we get this one week where all the national media is paying attention to our film. Uh, but we're only being able to drive maybe 5% of the Canadian population to the cities where the film was playing. And all these other people across the country who are maybe hearing about our film are not going to have access to be able to buy it for 90 days or whatever the window is between theatrical and VOD. And I believe, you know, those people just kind of forget about it because why wouldn't you forget about it, you know? So for me, there's something exciting about being able to really, really do this amazing, this amazing marketing push that we still have planned uh, and also be able to release the film the same day. I just think... I mean, it's a really interesting experiment for us as filmmakers is to see if that makes a difference or not. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I also, I also, so, so what you're to speak with, to what Jeremy's saying, I mean, I, I think at first when I realized the theatrical release wasn't going to happen, p- part of my disappointment was that all of this attention we've been receiving from the media, from the press, from the journalists, from critics, from people who wanted to write features or have us on their morning shows or their radio shows to talk about the movie, when that's how we get the word out, that's how we draw an audience. I was nervous that all of that was going to go away because I'm not used to that kind of attention to a film that's released on VOD or digital. So for me, it's been this kind of uh, wonderful surprise that when we reached back out to all of this, um, all the media that was interested in the film, almost all of them have said, yeah, yeah, we're, we still, we want to cover the movie. We want to have you on our show. We're going to do it via Skype or, you know, we're going to bank it, but we still want to have you on. So our week for Jeremy and I, it's, it's maybe busier than it would have been otherwise. We have, everyone's looking for something to talk about that isn't about illness and calamity and 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 death. And so I think... For, for us, you know, we, we, we may end up benefiting from having the film released this way as opposed to theatrically. And I guess time will tell. Our weeks are busier anyway because we're doing this and raising children nonstop from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's going to change everything, right? The, the relationship of, to escaping to promote your film is now really locking yourselves away and talking about something other than family stuff for 20 minutes or half an hour. Well, and I'm really excited for this particular film to come out at the time we're having in the world because, you know, not intentionally, obviously, the film is very much about being in the present and being in the now. And I think everyone's kind of having this little freak out and, and trying to figure out where are we going? What's going to happen in, in, in a month from now, two months from now? And when are we going to get back to the stuff that happened in the past? Everyone right now is thinking about the future and the past, which is exactly the problem our hero faces in the movie, 
and the movie's about him learning how to be in the present. So in some weird way, this is the best time for this film to come out, just in, in the way of being able to connect with an audience. And, and coincidentally, that, that very timely message that by sheer coincidence is matching up with what the world sort of needs to hear right now is delivered in a, in a very funny, kind of heartwarming, warm hug of a movie. This, this is not a dark drama. This is not a difficult social uh, commentary. This is a comedy with a lot of heart. And so I, I think we get both of those things. We get to entertain people and distract them from the, what they've been thinking about all day when they tune in and watch us on VOD at night. But they also will find a very relevant message that will apply to them directly as to what's going on right now. Oh, the thing that struck me when I saw it, and I saw it a few months ago, um, just before it played Toronto After Dark, is that this is almost more than any of, of Jeremy's other movies, maybe How to Plan an Orgy, it's a word of mouth picture. Like this is the movie that gets, is going to be passed from friend to friend that people are going to tell each other about. And if it played in a theater for a week, it wouldn't have that same kind of life cycle that maybe it can have now. Is that something, have you had to recalibrate the release strategy? Essentially nothing's changed. I mean, we, ha we, did, have, we did have to face a decision and the decision was, do we delay the theatrical release until the world is, is released from their homes and maybe going back to movie theaters? Or do we, do we go strongly now, right now, onto digital? And to Jeremy's credit, he, there was never a question in his mind. He, he's, we gave him the information. He, well, to me, this is a no-brainer. People are at home. They want something to watch. Let's just proceed. And I think we had to figure out there were a lot of elements and a lot of people involved in the conversation. Because, of course, we're not the only ones that have a stake in the movie. We went a distributor, Canadian distributor, American distributor. But ultimately, no, nothing's really changed. This wasn't the kind of movie that we were going to go and hang a billion posters on the streets of Canada anyway. There were no billboards on the Gardner Expressway for our little Canadian indie film. <laughs> None of that has changed. It's all essentially the same release strategy, which is why I think Jeremy pointed out it's an interesting experiment. Yeah, because most of our, our focus was going to be online advertising anyway, Facebook ads, you know, Twitter ads, that kind of, Instagram ads, that kind of stuff. So for me, it's like we're just driving more to the audience that's going to be able to click on it right away and go to the movie. Uh, if anything's pivoted, I think what's been really smart about our marketing team is that they've kind of designed some fun little ads that speak to the times we're in. I think there's a fun little thing they added to one of them. It's like wash your hands. Uh, <laughs> and there's something to do. So you, you can want, look out for those. And they've been, we just got the numbers actually this afternoon and they, they've been tracking really well. One of them had, I think like, 500,000. Half, half a million, half a million uh, impressions. Uh, yeah, there's one where like there's a, there's a scene in the movie that's in the trailer where, where Daniel Stern is, is slapping me repeatedly. Um, and so they've, you know, they've put a tag on like, don't, don't touch your face. Don't touch other people's faces. I mean, it's like a, they, re they really found a nice spin um, on a way to sort of package it as a, as a uh, in the moment kind of a thing. It's such an unprecedented challenge I, I just i'm as i as i'm building more episodes of this podcast which are all about the specific pivot that we're all doing in our own industries in our own separate ways i'm just i'm amazed at how quickly we've accepted the new normal and just well this is how it's going to be for a while we might as well figure out ways to do everything ourselves do everything at home do everything for other people from our own homes uh it's yeah it never occurred to me that you can make uh you can add coronavirus to an, a marketing campaign retroactively. What other choice do we have? You know? Know? Thought, no kidding. You know, I'm a firm believer of play the hand you're dealt. 
you know? And I think uh, we're doing the best we can with the situation we've been given. And I think, and hopefully, uh, you know, nothing else, we're gonna learn something from this, positive or negative. I don't think it's gonna be negative. I think, uh, you know, the people that wanted to see the film now get a chance to see it right away. I think we're coming off of a really strong uh, festival strategy and, fe- and we've been getting a lot of love from a lot of great festivals and kind of the word is out about the movie. So I'm really excited to see how it goes in a couple of days. And, and the nice thing is over, over the following weeks too, like some people have been like, well, we might not be able to get the, the press out for it right away on day one. And it's like, I don't care. That just means more pushing in the days leading after it. I think if you just, you know, a lot of films too dump all of their, you know, reviews and media on one day and like that's not helpful it's like i want this to spread out as long as humanly possible we we don't need a strong opening weekend anymore we need when we were opening in in 10 cities and theaters we needed a killer strong opening weekend to have longevity we no longer need that the movie is not going to disappear from itunes or your vod for a while yet so it can be spread out a little bit i also think here's another silver lining is that to our great surprise we were not the film was nominated for four canadian screen awards a couple months ago now that was not something that we were anticipating. This is a very funny comedy. It has a lot of dick jokes in it. It's not the kind of movie that typically gets acknowledged by the Academy. So we got these four nominations and we were thrilled. And they were big ones too. Best original screenplay, best supporting actor, best music. And they, the awards were supposed to happen last night. So we were going to be opening... After the awards. Now, I'm not saying we might, we might win an award or two, but, you know, it's hard to win an award. We can continue to say nominated for four Canadian <laughs> Screen Awards for a while because no one knows when they're going to announce those winners. Whereas if we were, you know, if things were normal, we would have to open this. But we were previously nominated for four. And now we can say we're still up for four awards. You see? You see how I'm spinning this, Norm? This is definitely the most positive spin. But I was wondering about that. I mean, the Canadian Screen Awards were going to dominate this entire, this past week. And, and it was, they had Canadian Screen Week. They had all of these films that were set to open because uh, contractually, uh, eligibility depends on you opening in a certain window around the awards. It's something like eight or nine films have just had their legs cut out from under them by the lack of theatrical. But at the same time, you know, percent, whatever the percentage is of Canadians who go to see Canadian movies, and we all know it's smaller than we want it to be suddenly that's not an impediment. Suddenly there is no competition. Most of them aren't even coming to VOD at all right now. They're still recalibrating and you guys are just rolling right through. Yeah, and I think like you said, Norm, that it's like ours in particular, uh, I can't speak for the other films, but ours in particular is one that we think will do well by word of mouth. Uh, And so the beauty of it just being there and being readily available 24 hours a day from here on forward uh, I think is a good thing for us. You know, it's like, who knows how long our life in the theaters would have been, whether it would have been one week or three weeks or four weeks, you know, but the nice thing is, is that it's like people will, will be able to point to one spot and say the movie's here or not in one spot, but the several spots that it's in and it's going to be there for a while. So uh, it's, it's, it's really, again, it's a, uh, we see opportunity. I, I, you know, I'm on the Academy. I, 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 I've seen all of the films that you're talking about. I, and there are many excellent Canadian films that are nominated for those awards and that are going to be released in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. It was a really good year. It was a really good year. But I will say this. None of them are comedies. Not one of them. No, not, it's not an exaggeration. There was one comedy called The 20th Century, which yeah. is like very offbeat, sort of art house 
Uh, very, very brilliant film by Winni- ex by fellow Winnipegger Matthew Rankin. But it, but that movie has already been released and is out there already. The new Canadian films that are nominated for these awards that are all about to come out, they are heavy, heavy movies, and and I recommend many of them because they're they're quite many of them are quite brilliant, but none of them are going to make you laugh. And I, I really do feel, despite the fact that Steven Soderbergh's Contagion is the number one <laughs> Netflix rental right now or uh, movie. Uh, other than virus movies, people want to laugh right now. So I, I do feel like what Jeremy's saying, we, we kind of we have we have a potential here and a potential advantage. Yeah, and Jonas just revealed his age again because Jonas still thinks you rent things on Netflix. Well, they send you a DVD, right? You you rent it and then they <laughs> send you a DVD in the mail and then you watch it on your DVD player. What? Yeah, Jonas gets VHS. They are still doing DVD rentals in the states at Netflix, but I think this is going to be the excuse they have to shut it down. Now that it's just too gross to send stuff through the mail. I'm also assuming this is the reason Universal isn't sending me a Cats Blu-ray. Oh, oh I still haven't seen Cats. You don't need to. I, I was going to go to one of those. I, th- I think I wanted to go to one of the midnight screenings, but now they're not having those anymore either. Yeah, yeah I guarantee you that's the first thing that comes back when the review opens up again. That's <laughs> true. I mean, that, that movie became a cult so fast. Yeah, yeah. That was the no, only, the way, only way people could cope with it. Well, it's the only way they made any money on it, too. <laughs> so that's true. That's another angle. You guys will definitely do better than cats. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I still don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> let's. Sure. The t- time will tell. Well, it's something that's... I've, <laughs> we've ended so many podcasts with Time Will Tell because nobody knows what the hell's going to be going on three days from now. There's a time travel movie, so we can get away with it, I think. Oh, that's true. That's true. All right, well... Time travel will tell? No, that's not a thing. Not yet. No, we, we can stick with time will tell. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it applies to so many things right now, including how many people will find our movie on VOD and digital. Yeah, well, good luck uh, in any case, because I've seen it and I liked it and I'm perfectly happy to tell people to see it. That is sort of my job. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how this works. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens for the future of the platform, because this is somewhere that we've never really been before, where there's literally no other option but to release stuff on streaming. Yeah, who thought we would be here at this point? I think we all thought this day was coming, but not because of something like this. Yeah, I mean, Universal's Choice seems like something they've been wanting to do for a while. You know, high-priced 48-hour rental availabilities for theatrical releases. But the exhibitors always pushed back against it. They made sure that Universal would be considered less than if they started releasing stuff on other platforms other than movie theaters. But yeah, suddenly they're no longer a voice in the argument. And here we are. Yeah. Here we, here yeah. we are. I'm I, excited. I, will be I, am, I really <laughs> am. I am too. Yeah, I'm optimistic and I feel positive. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched about it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think it's, it's going to be all good things. I did notice that the price point is at $9.99 is a lot lower than all the other competition. And I was just wondering if that was part of the strategy, you know, um, if it is basically the price of a single ticket as opposed to some of the others where the rental is the price of two tickets or to purchase it, it's, you know, $25 or $30. This is a lot less than that. Is that just the way it would have come out anywhere or is this a specific strategy? Yeah, I really wish I could answer that. Uh, the truth <laughs> is, I uh, I don't know. And this is the uh, sort of the first I'm hearing of it. Now, as a regular renter on iTunes or, or purchaser in some cases, I'm thrilled to hear this because 
I think it will encourage people to find the movie. And uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I think it is, it's definitely strategic on the part of our, our distributor. So Northern Banner releasing are the ones distributing the movie in Canada. They're our partners on this. They are incredible. And they're really taking advantage of the opportunity we have right now, getting this thing out into people's homes. So, yeah, I'm thrilled that it's $9.99. It uh, makes it that much more tantalizing, doesn't it? Yeah, that's so. where we're at. And talk, here's the thing, but also talk about it. If you see it and you like it, please do. Like, we, you know, these kind of movies travel best, like Norm mentioned, through word of mouth. So if you saw the movie and you like it, you know, take 10 seconds and jump on your social media of preference and, and let people know. Please and thank you. Thanks to Jeremy Lalonde and Jonas Chernick, whose new movie, James vs. His Future Self, nominated for four Canadian Screen Awards, is now available to purchase on iTunes and available on demand to Bell & Shaw subscribers. I'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of Now What? Till then, stay inside, wash your hands, be safe. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>